welcome back to Witch Fix and today we're diving into the next books in the private series by Kate Bryan. Still no witches, but I remain hopeful. This has become sort of like a crusade now and I realise that this is probably not interesting to everyone because obviously these books aren't witchy at the moment, but they are going to be, I've been assured by blubs, but I'm viewing it as kind of an exploration, an interesting thing, and if anything, you guys can just watch me slowly go mad as I slog my way through book after book of teenage drama without getting so much as a sniff of a wand. What a weird thing to say. <laughs> so we're diving into book seven, I believe. No, book six. I was ahead of myself. Book six, Legacy. And you might be thinking, Sarah, Book two was all about the legacy, but no, this book is even more about the legacy, so um, I guess it kind of earns its title. Um, this book is the, the aftermath of Shane's death, uh, so I'm going to trigger warn for mentions of suicide, mentions of sexual assault, mentions of drugging, and we're basically moving into the next phase of the story. So the next four books are going to be all about Cheyenne's death and its implications and the mystery behind it, just as the first four books were about Thomas's disappearance, death and solving that mystery. So in the fallout from Cheyenne's death, the people of Billings, the girls of Billings, they decide that they need a new president and unanimously elect Reed to be that president based on, you know, how she copes in the, in the fallout from that death she brings everyone back together um when the legacy which is the super elite party from book two invitation only is cancelled because Cheyenne's dad was meant to be bankrolling it uh, and obviously doesn't feel like doing that right now uh reed posits that they should throw their own masquerade ball and um sort of party at billings instead of the legacy uh, so everyone's pleased with that they make her president and then as soon as they arrive back at billings shock horror Noelle has been reinstated. So out of the four original It Girls, Noelle, who is the one who I guess Reed was most connected to, has been allowed to return. And although Reed offers her the presidency, Noelle turns it down and says that she's just there for this like final year so that she can get into an Ivy League school and she wants to leave Billings in Reed's hands so it's safer for the future. So the whole book from that point onwards becomes about the legacy, this super elite party that's very secretive and only legacies to the schools like Easton are allowed to go. So sort of third generation people and they only get to take a plus one if they're like super, super important. So Reed only got to go once through kind of a fluke, uh, but she's not going to go this time. But now, when someone secretively decides to take on the, the responsibility for organising the legacy, no one at Easton is invited. Not even that, but not even the, the graduated seniors, like the alumni, are not invited either. So someone has shut Easton out of the legacy. And this plotline is semi-interesting, because it's like really trying to work out why this is happening, trying to work out a way to get everyone into the legacy and therefore increase her standing with Billings and earn her title as the president. So it's sort of a long and convoluted process. They go to like um, find who is giving out the invitations and find out where the like party favours slash real invitations are being made because it's usually like an item of jewellery you have to have like flash to get in. And then they have the exact same ones made for them so that they can crash. Through this, we find out that Reed's Reach's presidency is pretty impressive. For starters, when she's 
made president they give her like a two thousand dollar handbag with five thousand dollars in cash inside it as well as a computerized dossier of like everyone who has been and is in billings giving all of their information like she reads her own file and it says all about her home life all about her grades even stuff that she did like that summer even to the amount that she earned at her summer job waiting tables is in this file so it's slightly unbelievable the amount of information they've been able to gather on these people also slightly unbelievable is the connections she has so she now has numbers for everyone who's ever been in billings and she like phones up this cosmetics mogul lady to try and get information about the the legacy and what's going on and when she phones her her assistant like as soon as she finds out it's reed calling puts her through no question these alumni women cannot do enough for her even to the point of like giving her information about secret passages out of the school later so um it was impressive but also kind of pushed the boundaries of what i was willing to believe so the new headmaster forbids anyone from going to the legacy so that's kind of hurdle too but they get around this with the aforementioned secret passage and some limos that this alumni woman has helpfully organized to pick them up unfortunately things at the legacy do not go as planned reed gets riproariously drunk and has a fight with josh her boyfriend this is the book that made me not like josh that much because i always felt like he was just adequate but now he's annoyed that she's in billings and i can kind of understand what he means because it is turning reed into kind of a monster but on the other hand it does mean a lot to her and he just seems to want her to only want to spend time with him as opposed to her friends even the less toxic ones for, uh, from like her previous dorm so he seems kind of weird and controlling they break up four pages later she's on the roof basically having sex with uh, noelle's ex-boyfriend dash who is uh, graduated from eastern in the last book so he's at yale now so he must be what like 18 19 reed is 16 which is super weird and illegal in case anyone cares but she's basically getting on with dash upstairs on, on the roof of the party where there's all these like tents set up for people to get like wasted and fool around in. and then josh bursts in and is like how could you i know i broke up with you like four minutes ago but how could you uh, so she chases josh and ends up losing him as well and then goes into kind of a tailspin i guess throwing up everywhere and then Later on, Noelle tells her that her and Dash have got back together and Reed is confused as to whether this was before Dash tried to have sex with her or after, because that's important to know. And also this obviously puts her relationship with Noelle in danger. Just to rewind a little bit, the legacy is being held by Ivy Slade, who was returning to the school in the previous book, uh, kind of a mystery figure. Uh, when Reed blunders into Ivy's room, she finds like weird photograph collage on the wall with Ivy written on it which i guess is just something she's done to decorate her room but she also finds a photo album which shows pictures of ivy and cheyenne from when they were younger and it says ivy and cheyenne bffs so obviously this is putting a lot of suspicion ivy's way for one trying to hijack the legacy and uninvite literally everyone she goes to school with but also this previous association with cheyenne who in book one of this like four set um she said she couldn't stand so 
it's trying to make her look suspicious and I'm not buying it because it's too obvious. I feel like they were just friends and then had a massive falling out over something. I feel like that's it. My suspicion coins are very much stacked on Sabine at this point because Sabine gave Reed a drink before Reed started to feel funny. So I think maybe she drugged her. Sabine's also been a little bit suspicious about not really seeming sure of where she's from. And also talking about a sister in Boston who she had not previously mentioned. So I feel like she's there to settle a score. I just don't know what that score is. The exciting climax of this book mirrors the exciting climax of Invitation Only, namely that when everyone arrives back at the school, you know, drunk and having a great time, they try and get back through the secret passageway, but are stopped short when smoke starts coming in. So they all have to go back and they have to go in through the front gate. But fortunately, no one's really paying attention because the building they went out through is on fire. Uh, this is put down to the fact that one of the side characters was smoking a joint in there inside this like centuries old building full of like dry old wooden desks and apparently they burned down like the oldest building on campus so the headmaster is absolutely outraged he knows that they are all responsible and because reed is the president of billings it does seem like the responsibility is going to fall quite heavily on her shoulders so that's where we leave legacy book uh, six it was quite interesting. Uh, it's a lot longer than the previous one before. I feel like the first one in each like group of four is going to be quite short because it's basically just setting stuff up and not too concerned with its own plot because there aren't that many threads for it yet. Uh, but this was a pretty decent entry. The next one looks set to be dealing with the fallout from Cheyenne's death still, but also the fallout from this building burning down and also from uh, Reed getting on with Dash and breaking up with Josh. So... There's going to be a lot going into that one. We are creeping closer to the witchy ones, for which I'm grateful because I feel like it's getting to this point now where it doesn't really have that much escalation left. It feels like we are covering some old ground. You know, we've got the legacy thing again. We've got the mysterious death on campus again. Uh, so it just feels like kind of reworked stuff from the first four books. But it was quite enjoyable. There were a couple of decent Missy Thurber nostril mentions. So those always crack me up. Something that... I am finding quite concerning is like the amount of people that Reed is getting off with and obviously she is of legal age in England where I am but this is America she's not legal so Dash is committing a crime by being with her so is Josh because he's only like I think he's in his senior year so he must be what, 17 18 not that much of an age gap but it is still like questionable especially at like, like crucial age limit area and I know everyone's like drinking and doing drugs and everything and that's not legal at their age either but I feel like Reed is meant to have more of a head on her shoulders and this is going to be like the third guy that she's been with in like two years which feels like a lot for someone who's like 15 16 and she seems to think that she's wildly in love with every single one of them so I just need her to at least acknowledge the fact that she is changing loyalties quite a lot like, please stop claiming that each new guy is your one true love, especially because it looks like in uh, the upcoming book, we're going to be introduced to even more people who could be her love interest. So um, I'm going to need her to calm down on finding the one because it's happened a few times now. Book seven, Ambition, kicks off with Reed, obviously, basically standing trial in front of the board for the burning down of the Gwendolyn building which, you know, fair, that's pretty bad. Uh, but she then manages to pull a full Hail Mary and is like, 
we want to keep Bellings open. So if we can raise a million dollars in like a month or whatever um, for the school, then we should be allowed to continue as Billings because all this bad behaviour has come about because of our reaction over Cheyenne's death. The new headmaster hasn't seen us, you know, at our best. And we want to show him what we can do as Billings at our best. The headmaster then says, okay, but you've got to raise five million and you can't ask your parents and you can't ask the alumni. You actually have to raise this money, which is like a, an electric cable to the balls because that's basically how they get all their money. Like we've been previously told that the alumni funding for Billings is in the millions in an account that Reed has access to, which I'd be emptying that and running into the night. But, you know, we're different people. Um, so it's going to be difficult for them to raise this money without dipping into the bank of billionaire mum and dad or millionaire alumni how are they going to accomplish this we've also got the fallout from the josh dash fiasco which was the legacy josh is super pissed off and reed kind of floats the idea well you did get with cheyenne that one time he responds that he was drugged but i have an inkling that maybe reed was either slightly drugged or at least being given stronger alcohol than she thought she was possibly by Sabine, um, although she does accept as responsibility for her own actions because she did want what was happening and does say that like unequivocally. She was like, yeah, I wanted what was happening. I went to Dash, so this is kind of my fault. And she also continues to feel guilty about, you know, getting with Dash when he's back with Noelle now. So there's a lot of guilt there. But also someone seems to be messing with her. They've put like stuff in her room, like it's been happening in the past two books, like a picture of Cheyenne turning up on her court board. Uh, now the black marbles that are used for voting people out of Billings have just been used to fill one of her drawers. Also early on in the book, uh, one of the people who lives in Billings loudly announces that they've lost their key. So someone outside of Billings, I guess, now has a key to their building. So it could be someone outside messing with them. I feel like we're still trying to point the finger at Ivy, but I don't know that I believe that. Anyway, the book basically doesn't have a plot, and I know that sounds harsh, but you've got the fundraiser thing, which basically goes off without a hitch, like, that they raise the money. They raise it in a way that seems like it should have been against the rules, because they just throw a big party using, like, free stuff that their parents can get them, like, one of the dads in Billings is a famous photographer, so he agrees to do, like, photography, and someone else knows a really famous stylist, so they agree to donate their time. It's still exploiting their Billings connections. It's not actually them doing anything to raise the money except organising this party. But you know what? They, they have the party and raise the money. Basically, it's nearly a 300-page book in which Reed is slowly becoming more and more paranoid as stuff starts to happen. That, like Shane's clothes turning up in her closet, like loads of other stuff. Her perfume appearing in a bag that she's packed when she, she doesn't own that perfume. Why would it be there? Someone's clearly messing with her. And then right at the end at the fundraiser, Ivy gets up on stage and is like, Billing sucks with two X's and you guys shouldn't be giving them money. And then Noelle gets up on stage and is like, fuck this bitch. We're great. And everyone agrees with Noelle. And basically Ivy's plan, whatever it was, didn't really work. And then Noelle suddenly turns on Reed. She's been kind of friendly this whole book. She even like stops making fun of her when Reed is like, Stop making fun of me, bitch. It seems like their friendship has really turned a corner, but then suddenly Noelle's like, 
I fucking saved your ass for the second time this year, glass liquor. And we're back to where we were at square one. And it turns out that this is because a video that someone took of Reed and Dash getting nasty in the tent of the legacy has been circulated to the entire student body. And Noelle now knows that Reed got with her boyfriend when they were broken up, kind of. And so, so that's super bad. Uh, Reed is therefore like on the outs. Everyone instantly turns on her, even like Constance, who was her friend before she got into Billings and who then later got into Billings after her. Uh, even the guy who she's brought at her date, uh, who's this sort of slightly nerdy um, newspaper, school newspaper guy called Mark, who's in like <laughs> the Purity Club. It's It was shocking news to me that this school had one of those because it seems like they're just you know, banging on rooftops, any opportunity they get. But even he doesn't really want to be associated with her after this big reveal. Um, everyone's super mad, uh, and obviously she's now on the outs with everyone in Billings, as well as being kind of in the frame for Shane's murder. It's sort of hinted at that there's been a rumour that she and Noelle conspired to kill her so that Noelle could, like, get back into Billings. And I get the feeling that in the next book, this is going to come more to the fore. I had to start reading the next book straight after this one because the end of this one was so depressing. I really hate this kind of like narrative. It reminds me of when I used to watch The Worst Witch like TV series um, and I could only watch every other episode because I could not watch episodes where Mildred gets in trouble because it gave me this awful like secondhand... Uh, embarrassment slash like conflict feeling I'm still not very good with conflict but this had that same thing like in the space of only a few chapters she falls out with you know, her friends even like people who aren't really her friends like Noelle she gets blamed for a bunch of stuff by Ivy everyone thinks that she committed a murder uh, no one wants to talk to her and it just feels like this isn't even as low as it's gonna get because she has to go back to that school and they're definitely gonna kick her out of Billings because she has a long way to fall and it just gave me this awful depressed feeling and then I had to start reading the next book and it, it didn't necessarily help but hopefully there will be some light at the end of that tunnel because the next book I think it's Revelation is the end of this like four book set so I guess that's when the real murder will be brought to light and hopefully Reed will get some people back in her corner this book, however, did have like a little revelation at the end uh, where we basically find out why Ivy hates Billing so much. And that's because when she was like pledging for this like non-sorority, she was told to go and steal something from her grandmother's house uh, that everyone had to like get a kind of legacy object. But her grandmother's house had a really great security system and it woke her grandma up while Ivy was in her room trying to steal a jewellery box. And her grandma had some sort of stroke or heart attack. And all the other Billings girls who were with her freaked out and ran. And Ivy wouldn't go with them. She wanted to stay with her grandma, as she should, to like try and take care of her and wait for the ambulance to the arrive, uh, to arrive. But after that, she was kind of snubbed by everyone. And to add insult to injury, Cheyenne, who up until that point had been her best friend, stole the jewellery box. And it was still in her possession up until the night that Reed went into her room when she died. So she kept it that whole time. And the reason Ivy wasn't at school is because she'd chosen to go to a school closer to where her grandma was convalescing. But she never got any better and then died. So now Ivy has returned to the school. So I can understand why Ivy hates Billings so much and why she hates Noelle because Noelle was also there. I do not understand why she hates Reed that much, except for the fact that 
obviously Reed is kind of Noelle's little lapdog, but it makes more sense that Ivy would want Reed on her side now that she's been kicked out of Billings. She has all this insider information. She could help her bring Billings down. So if I was Ivy, I'd be like, this is my new best friend. I can use her. But that's not happening. It seems like Ivy is just happy to be dating Josh now, right in front of Reed and mocking her like a villain at, at every opportunity. So there's some stuff that happens in this book, but at the end of the day, it did feel like a lot of padding and the fundraiser thing, which is sort of meant to be like the core plot of the book, just happened without a huge amount of effort on everyone else's part. It just felt like an excuse to have a lot of interpersonal relationship stuff play out and for Reed to go on a bunch of dates with guys who had been selected by the other Billings girls in the wake of her breakup from Josh so that she could miss him more, I guess, from going out on dates with these awful guys. So I'm excited to get into the next book and find out who the actual murderer is, but I feel like the books in this like quartet have been overly long not as interesting as like the original four that I read, which were shorter and punchier. And it just feels like a little bit of padding and a little bit like I've seen this before. So we'll see how that goes. And I do plan, I think, on skipping the book after Revelation because it's a prequel about Ariana getting with Thomas. And I feel like that's not going to be relevant to understanding the plot later on. So I'm going to skip Last Christmas. I may read it at the end, but for the time being, I'm just throwing it to the bottom of the pile. And uh, anyway, that has been my roundup of legacy and ambition. Uh, do let me know how you feel about this series, how much you're hoping for witchy stuff, if you're still hoping at all. If you want to warn me that there isn't going to be any, please don't, because I'd rather have my uh, expectations crushed in my own good time. And in the meantime, I'll see you in the next one. Bye!